0: all one word, and you'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. Isn't it time to tell your story? I'm Bill Mitchell, and this is When Dating Hurts a podcast dedicated to my daughter, Kristen, and all women taken from us before their time by the epidemic known as dating violence. I will speak with authorities in domestic violence, law enforcement professionals, families of victims and survivors, and survivors themselves. Blair is my guest on this episode, and Blair wrote me and said, the more I listen to stories on your podcast, I feel compelled to share. Blair grew up, in her words, surrounded and molded by the dysfunction of her parents' volatile dynamic. There's much to be gained by listening to this episode with Blair, another heroic survivor helping to shine a light on what domestic violence is and how to break free. Here is my conversation with Blair. Blair, thank you for coming on the When Dating Hurts podcast and wanting to tell your story And as I've seen time and time again, that people who are willing to come on and talk about various bumps in the road in their lives have been extremely helpful to those who are going through them currently. You know, because one of the things that happens is that people who are experiencing abuse of any kind feel like they're doing it alone. And they feel like maybe they've been singled out, that Mm -hmm. no one's ever gone through what I'm going through. They think things like Mm -hmm. that. And I just want to. Thank you for coming on and and sharing and and so welcome.
1: Thank you, Bill, for giving me this space. Truly, because I feel like it will be so helpful to process all these things with someone who has been touched by this too, by this problem.
0: I think honestly, you know, it's it is helpful for the people who come on and are interviewed, but believe me, it's helpful for me too. It really is. So. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if maybe it made some sense for us to start out when you were young, just kind of growing up at home, who was there at home and, mm-hmm. and you know what was working, what was not working, now sure. that you can have some perspective <laughs> over the course of time, looking back.
1: <sighs> I always tell people, we grew up in a very nuclear family, so it confuses people because it's like no one had any substance issues. My mom and dad were both in the home, married. And then all the siblings in the home. I'm number two of four girls, so from the outside, it looked fine. (laughs) What wasn't working was my parents' marriage, and also, no pun intended, but a lot of times my father wasn't working and my mom was a stay-at-home mom until I was in middle school. So my father being so unstable with employment, that puts the huge strain. On our home on a, any family when there's not financial security mm-hmm. and then my father is very mentally very mentally ill he's a rageaholic he is technically diagnosed with he always said manic depressive disorder bipolar disorder yeah but just a very violent person
0: he would have things build up and build up and then he turn the house and the house on its side
1: Yeah, so Bill, I don't know if it was your podcast. It probably was where I learned about the, what is it, tension building phase, the explosion phase, and Mm -hmm. then the honeymoon phase. Yes. That resonated with me so much because that was the dynamic of the home. I feel like you could look at a calendar and be like, oh, he's due for a blow-up again because it hasn't been one for a minute, a few weeks, or however many days or weeks it had been. So, And then, you know, the honeymoon phase is something I watched that I always felt so funny about like why is my mom letting him kiss her and like why is he coming to kiss her after screaming at her like that
0: Mm -hmm. yeah how much control do you think he had over his behavior
1: what a great question control over his own behavior you know I hear abusers do have control because they don't do it in public right he did do a lot of things in public so So I don't know how to answer that in terms of like maybe a percentage.
0: But did he do things in public to other people or just his family members?
1: (sighs) There are times with other people. There's other other people for sure. He had a recent altercation, obviously. (laughs) My father's not a young man anymore, but this is in the last five, six years. He had an altercation with his roommate. So it's not exclusively to his wife or us kids but it was mostly us cause you know, that's where he had the power and control inside his own home.
0: Now you said his roommate, so he's not living with your mother <laughs> Bill, that's, at Bill,
1: that's uh, that's another confusing piece. So we'll go through things kind of logically, but um, okay. that was in 2017, that incident I was referring to, but he actually is living with my mom again. So technically they're married, they've never been divorced. But there's been lots of or not not really lots of just since twenty ten, which there was like a hospital incident and like criminal charges and stuff. so okay, yeah, it's a confusing story, yeah, that's a, a whirlwind.
0: Well, you grew up in but a whirlwind
1: you you uh, you asked uh, how much control I think he has over his behavior. I think the answer starts with if he's medicated or not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: if he's unmedicated. I would say some because he's never like, he did like not hurt us a whole lot. Like there, I, he, he had restraint against me, like when he got really close to hitting me in the face. So he has some control, but not a lot. And my mom said she knows when to, in her words, shut her mouth.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's clear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, chronologically, I was told by my older sister that I was the reason my parents got married because they had called off the wedding, but my mom was pregnant with me, so they went ahead and got married and had me, and then they had my next sister two years later, and then they had the next last kid almost three years later. I mean, I can remember incidents. I was probably four years old. That's probably like where my memory starts of things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And now I'm almost 31 and he's been cut out of my life for the last few years.
0: He's out of your life because you have him out of your life? You want him out of it?
1: Because I have children to protect from him. I will not let them see someone conduct their self that way or just feel fear the way I did growing wow. up. Okay. So it's just out of like mm-hmm. just insulating them.
0: No, I was just thinking that that is a wise decision because you are their mother and you want them to have the best version of life they could possibly have and be safe. And if you think there's any potential harm there, whether it's a perfect stranger in a parking lot or your father, whoever it is, mm-hmm. you know, that you right, don't...
1: It's just about keeping them safe and I don't feel safe around him and I don't want them to feel unsafe if I can control that. And
0: Do you have a sense he wants to be around you?
1: He has said it's just easier this way because he doesn't have involvement with any of us. So I do feel like he does like there is that desire. But I think he understands why we've pushed him away so hard, Mm -hmm. even if he'd never, never admit it because he wouldn't because he's very egocentric, narcissistic.
0: So he only sees the best version of himself,
1: yeah, I feel like that term's overused, but yeah, he does he does uh not see how his actions were so bad, so there's a lot of like you know minimizing gaslighting, of course, just anything to maintain
0: mm-hmm.
1: that sense of control
0: it all goes under the umbrella of low self awareness right
1: right, right, insecurity,
0: so you made your way through your Single digits growing up yeah. to your double digits, your yeah. teens. So once you stop looking inside the house, and we're looking outside of it. Meaning, you get into your teen years, maybe you start to notice boys a little bit more. You're interested. I'm wondering how much did having dad act the way he did? How much did that? What kind of a lens did you see? Yeah, you know the the other guys. Do you think it affected you?
1: Yeah. So I think more so like my mom tried so hard to keep our lens Mm -hmm. clear like Mm -hmm. in the sense of explaining to us how he treats her and how he acts is not normal Mm -hmm. so i feel like she rests and like feels gratified that like at least my girls didn't repeat that cycle of violence and choose men like that. But that's why I wanted to talk about my ex-boyfriend because I feel like I was the one that did have a relationship that was teetering on very bad. Um,
0: Just to ask you one thing before we leave the house with mom and dad, why do you think your mother stayed in there and, and is still there?
1: Yeah, that's like, Where I found myself the last year or so is like really trying to understand her position and forgive her because it's like she tried to do what she could for her girls and she didn't have enough of a support system, sure. But I would say like self-reliance, self-worth to feel like she could do it on on her own also oh, she really believed that it was better for us to keep us in that nuclear family. So I think she thought she was doing the right thing, and that is a quote from her, too. Mm. And then, you know, another thing that I think I came to understand more recently was she was probably just scared, like, of how that would go. How do you escape in the middle of the night with four little girls? Like, I just don't think she saw the logistics of it.
0: That makes perfect sense. And that keeps a lot of people in. Yeah. There are people who will stay in these relationships because they have pets and they just can't see. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. So jumping like, in a
0: car and roaring away and leaving the two dogs back there.
1: Yeah. So, let alone
0: four girls. So
1: Right. Four little kids. Right. But, but so that's been hard, too, because it's like, well, now we're not in the house. Like, we're all well past grown up and out of the house, so her being with him still now is like interested me a lot because it's like what's going on here what's this dynamic that's lasted for 30 plus years so I discovered the concept of trauma bonding and that one hit me like
0: okay so when did you discover that like is that uh, lately or has that been a while
1: that was nine months ago so all of this is like pretty recent where I kind of I think shed that layer of shame. Like, yes, I grew up with domestic violence. It wasn't just, Oh, my dad was mean. My dad hit my mom. It was true, like chronic, a chronically. Mm -hmm.
0: You're living under siege. I mean, it's just, you know, you probably go into your room and lay across the bed and hug your pillow and just hope it stops. And when's the next bomb going off? Emotional Mm -hmm. bomb. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, It's a miserable existence.
1: I feel like I've had this kind of like undoing and I'm trying to rebuild myself because I realized like basically my psyche's been, like you said, that was such a good way to put it, under siege and it's like watching my children develop. I feel like I'm reparenting myself, but also like trying to be so careful about not making them feel any way. But also, like, you fall into those patterns of what you saw and what was normal for you. I just try to be so self-aware. But then I feel like that puts so much of, like, this scope of guilt on myself. Like, everything I do is going to make me be just like my father. That wasn't too confusing of a stream of consciousness.
0: I think that you have tried so hard to put distance between his behavior And what you know is a better path and more loving path, you know, less fearful path that I just, I don't know you very well, of course, but I just can't picture you going there because you would, you have so many, so many ways to hit the brakes. Plus you abhor it so much, you know, you know, it's awful. Yeah. You wouldn't want that to repeat. You wouldn't want to do to others what happened to you. So.
1: And you touched on like, just how someone who's abusive like that is so, such a low self-awareness. Because I always think of insecurity, but it is really not understanding how you come off to other people.
0: And people justify their behavior. You know, he may look at it like, well, I'm really frustrated and I'm trying to find a job and I made these calls. They won't call me back or whatever it is. I'm the unluckiest guy in the world. And Then once in a while, he loses it. And unfortunately, if you're in the path, you're going to get it. So.
1: Well, and also someone who has that big of an ego, someone who's that insecure, like you couldn't possibly hold yourself accountable for being in the situation you're in. It's of course your wife's fault or your kid's fault or whoever's fault, but your own.
0: It's going to be somebody's fault. It just won't be mine. Yes. Exactly. So somewhere along the line, you run into Michael.
1: Um. Yes.
0: So where are you at this point? You in high school? Where are you? You're late high school?
1: Bill, 10, 10 to 14 days out of graduating high school. So yes, I'm 18 years old.
0: Okay. And, um, where, and you must, you, so it's summer, I guess. Yes. Maybe yes. not technically summer, but it's the summer break. Yep. Where are we when we meet Michael?
1: At a gym. Okay. He's and, a personal trainer and he's, he's uh, seven years older than me. So I'm 18, he's 25
0: clearly in shape if he's a trainer
1: right right and i'm 18 years old and i just ran track and cross country so he's just a predator but i didn't see that even though there were people that asked me like what do you think a 25 year old wants with an 18 year old but at 18 you're an adult so it's like why does it matter Mm -hmm, sure you you think you're uh you know you know everything at that age
0: yeah i'm ready for that
1: of course right i'm 18 i've waited to be 18
0: And he's had at least eight more years of life, meaning eight more years of practice in uh, manipulating people like you, I would think.
1: Exactly. Also his wife that he was cheating on.
0: Oh, there's a wife.
1: Okay. Yeah, He was a almost five-year chapter in my life. And leaving him was really big because I felt myself, it sounds so cliche, but literally break the cycle like break my chains that I had to him because I felt those dynamics and the same pattern of the ups and the downs Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and it was like I was looking at myself I heard my voice say to myself you are your mom and this will be your life and it was like I just could never look back we were on and off so much for those five years and it was like I could never unsee what that voice told me. I just I just never saw it that way. I never saw us as toxic because we were so in love. And, and it's like that, I guess that's what you asked, that lens of how I saw boys. Mm-hmm. I guess like that perception was, well, you'll do anything for love, even if he hits you or even if it's just not good all the time, it's okay because I, I, I saw my mom putting up with it. So it's like, well, I guess that's just what love is. Love bears all. hmm You don't leave someone in their time of need. And I think he just exploited that. But I finally, like, chose myself instead of continuing to believe him, accept his level of treatment towards me. So I feel like you always ask at the end, like, what piece of advice would you give? And it's, like, just choosing yourself instead of choosing to continue to please your abuser. And that's not meant to sound, like, minimizing, like, that's so easy, but... It's like a muscle that gets stronger when you just keep going with yourself. And that's like what I did to get away from him because it wasn't easy. But I got momentum behind me and I couldn't see him any differently when I saw the similarities that he was to my dad and the similarities I was to my mom. And that's what I think really scared me.
0: Yeah, it's strange how you accidentally recreated growing up.
1: And I never thought I could or like you, you didn't think you would.
0: Yeah, it's the last thing you would want. Yeah. You thought you were getting away from it, and then... You think you're
1: getting away from it, and everything's great, and you're so in love, and then it changes, and, you know, then it's so hard to get away, whatever. And then I had that realization, because then you're just, you are aware of it. You're not in denial anymore. I was lucky that we weren't that intertwined, and there wasn't that really, really bad imbalance of power and control he wasn't physically abusive at all but he was very jealous very possessive looked through my phone all the time so there were very like unhealthy behavior patterns but I wouldn't say it was like intimate partner violence at all we were only together for five years we didn't have the stress of children so who knows where that would have gone
0: Did he try to isolate you from friends and others?
1: Yes. Yes. There was a lot of that. So I did feel so isolated. And I remember thinking, like, if I leave him, who do I have to go to? I had a few falling outs with my one sister who I'm closest with. Fell out with her over him.
0: How did that develop, though? What was he doing or what was going on so that that happened?
1: How did he isolate me from them? Sure. He was very good at making people feel uncomfortable around him, glaring, or just I felt like I had to babysit him because he didn't make any attempt to be friendly or converse with other people. So that naturally makes me, a person in my position, feel like I have to go placate him. I have to go keep him company and like, oh, I'm so sorry I brought you here. Thank you so much for being here. Mm. So he just did that to anyone who's around, any friends. I did choose to bring him around and I always had my sister around. And then after a while, he upset her so much. It's like, I didn't want to put her near him because he upset her so much. So then I started living with him. So it's like, well, I live with him and he had kids. So it's like, oh, you're, you're choosing your friends or you're choosing your sister over me and the kids. So just that guilting, that making you feel bad for doing something without him. And, you know, they, they, they control the situation around them. They manipulate their environment. So when he would go out, like I already said, when he would be part of things with me, he made it so miserable that it, like, reinforces why I didn't want to do things.
0: That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yes.
1: <sighs> I would say that's the, the way he did it the most.
0: When you say he went through your phone, I guess he's looking at text messages or who you've called, things like that, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Anything he could find. So, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Let me see that scene. Where's the phone? Where are you? Where is he? What's going on? Are you, did you leave the room and you walk back and he's holding your phone? What's happened?
1: Okay. Let me give you the very worst example of it, Bill. Okay. We were, (laughs) we were on a break, but of course I'm seeing him still. But I was talking to someone else and I left my phone in the car, which is already suspicious, but I'm so not a liar and cheater like him. I didn't even realize like, oh, anyways, he gets my phone and I think while I'm sleeping he he used my thumbprint because it was an iPhone. He took my thumb as I'm sleeping.
0: Oh he took your thumb and he put it on the phone so it read it was you.
1: Yeah. That's, because there's uh, no other way he could have gotten in my phone. That is a good one. I I was just like wow.
0: That's seen in a the movie there. Okay.
1: I know people say this, but like that that situation with him was a true soap opera. It was just in the insane. Like finding out about the wife, finding out about the children. Like it was so disgusting to like keep telling people that when I finally left him, like I told him that I always wanted to shield him of like how embarrassed and how much shame I carried of feeling like I was this homewrecker. And I just put it in front of his face at the very end. It was like, do you understand how painful it is for me to explain how long we've been together, but how old your son is. And it's just like. And I think that made it click for him, too, of like how it's eaten away at me throughout these five years.
0: The way these things always seem to work is that you are slowly brought into the web as it's being put together, as it's being spun. It's not like you said, hey, I'll tell you what, let's get together with this guy. He's married, has kids. Hmm. Yeah, let's see what we can do to really mess up that whole world, because I don't care how I look to myself. and Course, none of that's what really happened.
1: Well, yeah, when you're dealing with this master manipulator who knows how to hide things and omit things and manage their impressions so well, and you're just so vulnerable and they chose you for a reason because they're this predator, you're this perfect, vulnerable prey. And you just don't know that at the time when you're so young and you don't have any perspective. And then, of course, I feel looking back now, I'm this perfect target growing up with the dynamics I did. I don't know what's healthy, so I'm going to accept whatever you give me. And love bombing, yeah, there's a lot of that at first. and Just a lot of like um, another way he exhibited control over me was just bombarding me with messages when we would fight. So it's like he clouded my ability to see anything other than him. So he would be that Mm -hmm. guy that would just call you a ton of times in the night if you weren't answering. Yeah. Just things that are not healthy, things that are not normal, anything in excess. It's cliche, but, you know, moderation is healthy.
0: It's amazing looking back at it, but it's so helpful to those who are listening to this. You know, because somebody who's, I don't know, 12, 13, who's getting text messages a lot from some guy, they may think, or whoever it's from, really, they could think, wow, this person really cares about me. No one's ever done this before. I mean, you can really misinterpret the love bombing part of it, as you said.
1: And that's why it's so effective because it does make you feel special and it's something you haven't experienced before. So yeah, if anything else, I would love to try to help other people see those behavior patterns and those dynamics before it gets dangerous. Talking with you about this, it's like, wow, I guess that was more abusive than you because none of these things exist in my current really in my my marriage. None of these issues. I've never gone through my husband's phone. He's never gone through my phone. And that was something I came to expect with my ex, Michael.
0: It's just part of the relationship.
1: Yeah. Because like, that's part of the cycle of the mess of him wanting to see what I'm saying to other people too. That's another way he can control me.
0: He wants to control all the public relations back and forth.
1: Of course. Yeah.
0: Tell me a little bit about the fairy tale wonderful parts when it comes to that part which is usually the beginning of the cycle so what's he doing at that time is he showering you with gifts is he taking you to nice places to eat is all all of the above
1: so i think i was so intoxicated with this was my summer after high school before college and i meet this older man sweeps me off my feet like we're just so attracted to each other and he just understands me so well Looking back, it's just him, you know, using his perspective of being an older man, like reading things that are very obvious about a young girl. But I just couldn't believe he like had such a read on me. And it, it was just all this stuff that we just seemed like so passionate. So there was so much meeting up, just seeing each other as much as possible. So the summer after high school, there's a lot of graduation parties. And I don't think I went, I maybe went to like one or two because I just wanted to spend Every waking moment with him, so there's a lot of that. There's that isolating too. It's just us too. So, because mm-hmm. who could I possibly show my older boyfriend to, and who, can, where can I do with him? I'm not 21. We can't go to bars.
0: I think that what happens too, in that case, in that there's that seven year spread, is that the younger person's looking at it like, wow, this is what it's like now to be playing in the big leagues.
1: Yes, very much.
0: If you're dating somebody your age or around your age, chances are they don't have the wherewithal that somebody who's 25 would Right.
1: Age. That's a big.
0: Their wallet's not as thick, or their credit cards are few and far between.
1: Right. So they're, and they know that. They, they're... So it's like,
0: wow, nice car, nice restaurants, yeah. nice everything. Yeah,
1: they exploit that because they know that. They know that because they're not 18 anymore. It's just gross and weird. But, it, yeah, it wasn't.
0: he can really open the door to some wonderful things. It
1: wasn't weird to me because I was 18. And that's something I think that's important to emphasize, too, is it, it's not about being an 18-year-old adult. It's about where the difference of the two people are at in life. Because seven years is not much. My, my age difference with my husband is larger than that. Mm-hmm. But I was much more of an adult when we started being together.
0: You know, it's not that many years, but it's almost half of your life at, at that at,
1: age. Yeah, especially where I was at, where I was at in my life when I had nothing right. really. I hadn't gone to a big city yet. I just graduated high school.
0: What was going on when this the boat got rocky enough for you to say I can't do this anymore? Cuz finally you stopped.
1: <sighs> There's a short answer like I could give you that final event, but we were very very rocky the last two years, like constantly breaking up on and off again whatever moving out packing up in the middle of the night that kind of dynamics but it it was that situation where I was on some medication that was making me really nauseous so we were out supposed to be having a fun night at a casino and I was Mm -hmm. throwing up in the bathroom of our hotel room
0: oh sorry
1: and he was yelling at me like yelling at me
0: get over this so we can get going
1: I don't think it was even that I think we were just fighting it wasn't like yelling at me that i was throwing up so it was just like why are we fighting right now when i'm throwing up like what is going on what are you doing why is this the person that's supposed to love you and that's like when that voice came to me and it was literally so cheesy again but i saw myself sitting there with my face in the toilet you are your mom this will be your life what are you doing
0: mm. Mm. look at yourself yeah
1: the night ended so young. Instead of the normal night of being up all night fighting, it was like I slept. I got up the next morning and I left instead of like continuing it or having a big makeup. I just like completely detached from him. I just felt completely different cuz I I I saw myself that way and I could not be my mom. I could not be with someone who was my dad.
0: That was it.
1: So that was it.
0: Thank God that happened.
1: Right, right. But I think the yelling hit me so hard is because if nothing else, my dad just yelled so much and it's so scary and it's so crazy to have someone who can just continue to yell so loud and in your face. So he was definitely abusive physically, but it was like the environment that he created was so scary. And when my ex was yelling at me like that, I think that's what like made it click so hard. So it was almost like having a true just flashback and it was like too close to home my system like aborted and it was like no 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 can't go back there it can't be like that again
0: you must have felt so trapped when that was going on i'm trying to picture i I mean i've been under tense circumstances at different times but to have that going on quite a lot
1: are you talking about my ex or as a child (laughs)
0: well really both but mostly right now the ex
1: i did feel so trapped because i had transferred schools for this guy his marriage had ended because he started this relationship with me so it's like it had to work right it had to work so you it, it, very square peg very round hole right but like we loved each other mm-hmm. so much in the beginning sometimes it was good
0: it feels like work anyway
1: ah <sighs> emotional shadow work right Bill? <laughs> exactly. um that's probably the best word i could sum up that relationship because i didn't feel unsafe I felt trapped. Oh, so yeah, I, I transferred schools to be with this guy, but more than anything, it's like you've put everything into this relationship because that's what they want you to do. That's how they isolate you. I lost relationships with good friends because of this guy. So it's like, if you leave this relationship, what do you have? So when you rather have something than nothing, and that's so effective. That's what keeps you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's all that's left.
1: That's how I was with this guy for five years. That's how, that's totally how I was trapped in my head.
0: Once you walked out of there, were there any other relationships that you would say were abusive or unhealthy after that?
1: No, I, I, I knew my husband, we had worked together for a year prior. So I really did go right from my ex to my husband. Yeah. It's called monkey branching, but I did it. So no, no abuse there. Thank God.
0: That's very good.
1: And then through our relationship, but I feel like it's mostly come out through being a parent, just trying to mend the relationship I had with my mom and still watching her trauma and abuse be so active. That's where I feel like all this knowledge and insight has come from is like just trying to understand her motivations for things and how to help someone who is still in there under their abuser's thumb.
0: But your father's back in the house, though, right? He's in the house. house. He's
1: been in the house for over a couple years. So I think that's something that scares her, too, is like, you can't make someone leave their own house. And the cops aren't helpful with that.
0: So when you get access to your mother, what are those circumstances? I mean, do you meet at a restaurant? What do you do?
1: It's very like, um, well, she works all the time. So I think she has to, like, deceive him that she's working late or something. I didn't even...
0: Well, it's so good that you have that relationship with her.
1: It wasn't always that way. It's actually something much more recent. I had kept my mom at a distance for a very long time because I don't think – I blamed her for how we grew up, and I feel really bad about that. I definitely was that person. I looked at her like it was her fault she chose that for us. So it wasn't always that way that we had this relationship, but – through becoming a mother i don't want to punish her by not allowing her to be a grandmother but it's definitely in doses and it's on my terms and it's not often so it's controlled because i need it to be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. controlled because it's hard to be around it's hard to be around someone who you can just feel that they're a shell of a person but also that person's abuser is my father. So it's just like way too much. It's way too close. It's way, the trauma, her active trauma, I feel like activates mine too much. So,
0: where are your sisters with your mother? They're not as close to her as you are.
1: Well, I don't think they're willing to like dive in deep. I think their way of coping with all of this is just compartmentalizing it or being callous to it. And I've opened myself up to it more to like feeling all the pain. Cause I feel like that's how I'm going to grow through this. It's been really raw though, but I think that's how my sisters deal with it is just keeping her at that distance more.
0: Are you good with your sisters at this time?
1: Oh yes. Yes. Very close. Um, I honestly think that's the only reason that we survived our household. We just had each other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How long did you date your husband before you married him?
1: Before we got married almost three years. Mm-hmm. And you
0: have two little kids. How nice.
1: We do. Yeah.
0: I can see with your smile, you're very happy about that.
1: Children are just so precious.
0: Do you have anything that you'd like to to leave us with? Any little bits and pieces of advice or thoughts? or?
1: Love bombing is so effective, though. I feel like that incessant texting, just feeling like they're entitled to your time no matter what, and you feeling guilty for feeling guilty for doing anything without them or separate from them just anything that where you feel like you have to shrink yourself to fit in for them is probably a warning sign you shouldn't feel like you can't grow outside of the confines they want you to live within because that's how they control you if you aren't exposing yourself to new information, new ideas, new people in relationships, then you don't understand the, how abnormal the dynamics they're presenting you are.
0: A number of people have come on and talked about things which I would call someone makes you feel like you're less than the person you used to be.
1: Yes, yes
0: you know like this and that's what happened really that that's really what happened with my daughter yeah that her friends were at the point of thinking this guy is stealing you away piece by piece you know it's like they didn't really get her anymore they didn't recognize her they kept saying you need to get some objectivity and space from this guy
1: yeah they don't allow for that objectivity and like you said growing up under siege and just that feeling of feeling trapped or feeling unsafe constantly you are less of a person because you're operating from your lizard brain and like your what is that you know your your nervous system is just on fire so like you aren't as much of yourself because how could you be you're devoting all that energy to just trying to walk on those eggshells or please someone else who's unpleasable because that's how they control you nothing's ever good enough for them
0: yeah it's unattainable Making mm-hmm. them making them really truly happy by their own measure is unattainable, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And that's the point, because you should always only want to make them happy. And anything you're doing that isn't what they want you doing is an assault to that, and there's consequences for that. And that's how this is so effective.
0: In these relationships, there are punishments and there are rewards. Yes, yes. Can, what comes to mind?
1: <sighs> so... I don't know why this came to mind, but I had plans with my sister one time. So here's a good example of isolating me. I held on to these plans, but he enticed me with being intimate, keeping me around, trying to make me late to these plans. But I, I like drove off immediately. And of course got a speeding ticket on my way to try to get to my sister.
2: So,
1: Mm, mm, mm. haha, um, reward. I feel like I, would get that like pat on my head. Like good girl, if I canceled plans. So if I had plans, like I wanted to go out to see my sister, or I had plans with one of my mother figures, mentors in my life. If I got out of those plans, I feel like that made him happy. And then we could have a really good night together. Does that make sense? Like,
0: Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Because you've kind of built up so much goodwill by canceling things that he knew were important to you.
1: Yeah, totally. And again, isolating me. But all I saw was I can not reschedule with them, but it'd be really nice to have a good night because there has to be a certain set of circumstances to achieve a good night, right? Because we're so prone to such a bad night, bad day, whatever time of day it is in an abusive relationship. There was a lot of, I guess, trying to like mess with my schedule. So he did not respect that I was a college student. Like, it's okay to skip class, like stay with me, or just a lot of like staying up late. So he knew I'd be too tired to want to get up. Like just a lot of manipulation. It's just ways to manipulate me, way to control the situation. How do I get her to where she's only focused on me?
0: That's very familiar because my daughter had some classes that were in the evenings. Mm -hmm. And She'd go to the class, and then her phone's going off left and right because it's the guy. Mm-hmm. And I remember she complained to some of her friends. And then after she was gone, her friends said, "Oh yeah, she had this one class, and he always wanted her to cut it. Or if he was,
1: mm-hmm. she
0: was in the class, then the texting's back and forth, and it's interrupting it. And yeah, I, I actually forgot about that for years now." Yeah familiar now it's
1: those weird that's those things that like it's not that big of a deal so like talking with you through this is like i can't believe i put up with all this like i just think of these few examples where we had these really bad blow-up fights but it was the whole time that i was under his spell so when that moment happened where i saw myself like my mom it was truly like the spell was broken again so cliche but i didn't even find him attractive anymore it was truly just like before that situation and after that situation mm-hmm. And that's how it was so easy to leave. So I feel very, very fortunate for that because.
0: Yeah, it's so great you did.
1: I I don't want to say easy to leave because it took me so many times of finally actually sticking to it. But I had clarity is, I guess, the better word for it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't easy, but I finally felt like I could see things. The rose-colored glasses were off.
0: Yeah, you get to that place where you say, wow, now I get it.
1: Yeah, now I get it.
0: It was confusing. It was a ball of emotions, but now I get it.
1: Now I get
0: it. And now I know what I need to do.
1: You know what, Bill, too, you asked like what was the what was the thing? Uh actually I do remember my husband during a shift we had together or whatever, he asked me, Are you happy? And like I could not say to him with a straight face, Yes, I'm happy. Like I could form those words, but I felt like my teeth curling and that's a lie. And like I liked him at this time. This was just before we broke up. My ex and I had just broke up. So that hit me really heavy too, is like I couldn't say I was happy mm-hmm. because I wasn't. I think I wanted to say like, or I did say like, yeah, I'm fine. Or like, sure. But like, I could not say, yes, I'm happy.
0: I saw something today where it says, when someone says, oh, I'm fine. They're not.
1: Mm-hmm. Just
0: using those words. And, and I use those words. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, yeah. Kind of, I have to. Because
1: it's like when you're when you're good, you you say it. I am really good, but you
0: know things are really good. You know that would be believable, but
1: I'm fine. But that's only when they are good. You can't fake it. i mean, at least I couldn't, and it was just it hit me. The person that I end up marrying saying that to but me. But you're happy now. Oh I'm happy now. Um He grew up in some domestic violence. So it's interesting to have two people who are so, so aware of what their children are seeing. So I feel like we're almost hard on each other, but it makes us better parents because we know what it feels like.
0: Well, you know what impact it can have on a child because it happened Truly, to you Yeah. and there's no way you would want to have that on the list of things that happen in your own children's lives. So that's, it's good to be able to check each other because you both recognize it better than people who didn't grow up in yeah. that.
1: Right, right. We we speak that language together, and in a weird way. Right,
0: you can sense it.
1: It's nice. Yes. I don't want to say I'm thankful, but you worded it well. So I feel like this weight of having a son, like, kind of opened me up too. Of like, you're raising someone who could be an abuser, who could be just like their dad. So like, you have this weight on your shoulders as a mother to help him understand, like, to respect women and how to. Mm-hmm treat people and
0: understand personal space and think about other people's feelings
1: consent that's a big one that I try with him that's nuance
0: that is that is a huge one that's a huge one
1: yeah so you know yeah having his little sister when she says stop I teach him how important the word stop is. stop it
0: Blair thanks for your willingness to discuss your personal life to a public audience and retelling and reliving all your experiences which Unfortunately, had a lot of emotional upheaval, but for being so generous by sharing uncomfortable passages in your life, that certainly you and your husband are glad that those are all behind you and you have a good sense of what good is, what healthy is, and, and how to teach it to your own kids. So just thank you so much for stopping. And
1: well, thank you, Bill, for what you're doing. It's so valuable and it's so powerful and selfless of you to turn what happened to your family and to this initiative. That's so important. And thank you for allowing me to share my story with you and all the questions and sensitivity.
0: We're, you know, everybody's trying to do their part and that's my part. You've done your part and everybody's going to get to hear this.
1: Thanks again, Bill.
0: Thanks. This was really important and I I appreciate you, you doing this.
1: I appreciate you.
0: I'd like to thank my guests and my listening audience for their support. It is clear our listeners look for and play survivor episodes above all others. They get caught up between the forces of good and evil, all the time pulling for the moment a victim becomes a survivor. I am open to other victims and survivors who want to join with me on the When Dating Hurts podcast. We can shine a bright light on the epidemic of dating and domestic violence. We can improve lives and save some innocent people from a lifetime of broken dreams. If you want to tell your victim or survivor story, please contact me at Bill Mitchell at WhenDatingHurts.com. That's Bill Mitchell at WhenDatingHurts.com.